the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Today we're going to be talking about something that's hits home for a lot of my listeners, and today we're going to be talking about Disney and the impossible standards applied to it by the politically correct crowd. A few days ago, Whoopi Goldberg was featured in a Yahoo News article because of her desire to see the controversial film Song of the South re-released. Song of the South features racial terminology by today's standards, for which it was subsequently trashed, even though the host was James Baskett, the first black male performer to receive an Oscar. Her reasoning was that the apparent racial insensitivity should be something discussed amongst the viewers. Disney has not made the film available in years, and one is hard-pressed to get their hands on it these days. Frankly, I I don't disagree with Whoopi Goldberg. What's interesting about Disney's ban of Song of the South is that it was the first of many, many more. You see, my friend, Disney will have to eventually ban every single one of its Masterpiece Collection films. It's like a snake that eats its own tail. The further it gets, the less there is. The setup of political correctness is such that it allows no room for consistency. The rules are meant to be changed so that the entity which it desires to trap fights smoke and mirrors. Political correctness is a labyrinth with walls that slowly close in and only an entrance, no exit. It is created to suffocate all who adhere to it. Think of a drill instructor breaking in new recruits. When asked a question, the new recruit thinks he is following orders or responding correctly, but the drill instructor purposely finds fault with every answer given. The correct response is that there is no correct response. The same is true for the PC crowd. When one asks, what is politically correct? The correct response is nothing. Nothing is politically correct. Nothing is politically correct because that which does fall under politically correct is only so for the time being. Just give it a moment and that which had represented the new will eventually represent the old. That which was shown in glory will soon be shown in shame. That which was leading will soon be that which is holding everything back. Politically correct ideology is invented for one thing, to suppress liberty. The commandment, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is antithesized by the liberal and increasingly conservative mindset of, I hate you so much that I am willing to sacrifice my freedom so that you don't have it either. This approach sacrifices one's own freedom to punish and enslave the freedom of others. This was evident in the early church when Paul says in Galatians 2 that false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery. This is the end game of political correctness, punishment and slavery, and Disney is a glutton for it. The standards for what is acceptable in American pop culture changes every decade. Disney has been making films for 80 years now, so you can probably do the math and ponder what kind of work they need to do to reduce their politically incorrect footprint. Think about it. All of the cultural appropriation, the microaggressions, the gender assumptions, the binary gender representations, the patriarchal structures, to say nothing of stereotypical feminine portrayals. Best of all, these sins are retroactive. When you add all that up, it's like a rap sheet that would make Charles Manson blush. Am I right? I mean, what were you thinking, Disney? Disney, of course, is guilty, guilty, guilty of whatever sin the politically correct machine wants to throw at it. And now, unfortunately for Disney, the Piper does not have a place to lead all of its rats. There is no end game here, since Disney has touted itself as being a bastion for cultural relevance, and with this prize behind door number one is a lifetime of humble pie. 
Disney Studios will spend the rest of its foreseeable future burning the castle to build a mansion, destroying the mansion to build a house, and demolishing the house to construct a prison. They have submitted themselves to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I have taken it upon myself to draw your attention to certain sins committed by Disney, and whether they meant it or not, luckily for us, is irrelevant. The fact that these movies have not been shelved is abhorrent, and I officially call for a new hashtag movement, namely, hashtag Disney Repent. Look you here at these atrocities. Let's start with Moana. I was horrified when I went to see the, who the animators were. Imagine my surprise when I learned that this beacon of diversity and feminism was animated by a bunch of white males. How could they? What did they know about being diverse or female? Then I almost uh, fainted when I looked at who wrote it. One female and seven males. This surely is a result of an underrepresented female presence. Wow, things aren't looking good, Disney. Let's look at Pocahontas. Cisgender relationships. Positive portrayal of lead white oppressive male character. Positive portrayal of most white European males, for that matter, and settlers, no less. Negative portrayal of a character played by a homosexual. Confusion communicated to the audience, though, in the form of an obvious patriarchal system instituted by American Indians who are a protected class, so you could go either way with that. Man, I ain't letting my kids see this movie. Two strikes, Disney. How about Mulan? Surely a story about a strong girl who takes on the patriarchy is free from all scrutiny. No, my friend. A cursory glance reveals that it has done more harm than good. There is a scene where Mulan tries to take a bath, but her army friends who think she is a male jump in the lake with her, and I honestly can't tell who is more distraught, Mulan, for trying to hide her nakedness, or me, because gender is fluid and no one should be trying to hide body parts at all. What kind of message is that for our children? Look at Peter Pan. The story of a boy who never grows up and runs into some problems, big problems, with its portrayal of, a Native, of Native Americans. There's a song called What Makes the Red Man Red, which is uh, problematic enough. Aside from the offensive song, none of the Native Americans actually speak to Peter and the gang. Instead, the chief of the tribe speaks in broken jargon, stereotypical to the, Native, uh, to the way Native Americans are mocked. White children Peter, Wendy, and company also partake in cultural appropriation by donning feathered headdresses, brandishing tomahawks, and running around making whooping noises while fanning their mouths with their hands. Lady and the Tramp had its share of racist moments in its stereotypical caricaturist portrayals of different races. Its Siamese cats, Sai and Am, are drawn with slanted eyes, and, the, and they speak with a stereotypical Asian accent and also portrayed as villainous and sneaky. There is also a Chihuahua who speaks with an exaggerated Mexican tone. The Little Mermaid has many problems. Change who you are to impress a man? Sheesh. There's also some not-so-subtle racism at play. Some take issue with the portrayal of Sebastian the Crab, who has a Jamaican accent and advocated staying under the sea because you don't have to, to get a job there. The theme of portraying dark-skinned cultured as lazy recurs through di uh, throughout Disney movies. The Little Mermaid also has problems with its drawing of the fish Duke of Soul and Blackfish with fuller lips. Now, for those who think that this piece is satire, some of it is. The first three movies that I critiqued, Moana, Pocahontas, and Mulan, were criticisms that I came up with on the fly. The second three movies, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and The Little Mermaid, were quoted verbatim from VH1.com. Also, VH1 is not only, uh, the only one saying this. Several other prominent websites ranging from celebrity gossip to college essays. Some are a few paragraphs, some are a few pages. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and read this again because 
a, a lifetime of growing up with siblings who accuse me of, of falsity has required that I learn how to give very uh, entirely fallacious arguments with a straight face. So there's my experience and how I delivered such foolishness to you with a straight face. But listen, I'm going to go back and read these again. I cannot believe my eyes. The Little Mermaid, I'm going to read this again. It's from VH1.com. The Little Mermaid has many problems. Change who you are and to impress a man? Sheesh. There's also some not-so-subtle racism at play. They say not-so-subtle racism. Some take issue with the portrayal of Sebastian the Crab, who has a Jamaican accent and advocated staying under the sea because you don't have to get a job there. To them, that's not-subtle racism. That's like like out-in-the-open racism. You're, you're being a complete, oh, like, that's not subtle. You're not being subtle about your racism there, Disney. You, there, there's a crab who has a Jamaican accent. That, oh, my word. I, I, I can't believe what I'm reading. I, I honestly, I, I really just can't believe what I'm reading here. I mean, this is, this is ludicrous. This, of course, is, is foolishness, all of it. I, I'm absolutely floored by the ignorance of the politically correct culture. Man, oh man, do they hate freedom and liberty. I expected while doing research for this podcast to come across silliness, but the snowflake of frivolity that I envisioned was quickly replaced by an avalanche of hatred and anger. Make no mistake, all of these people who come up with the imaginary problems are angry. Angry at whom? Angry at God, his word, and his children. They hate all liberty, especially the kind of liberty brought on by the Bible and the Holy Spirit, so they create new rules to suppress it in unrighteousness. When the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, we don't get it as a society or as a visible church. The kind of freedom to worship Jesus and live as free Christian men and women has been surrendered to the pagans for their bondage. We would gladly trade the feast of heaven for the vomit of dogs. God's law is not called the law of liberty for no reason. Matthew Henry says, it, quote, it is a law of liberty and one that we have no reason to complain of as a yoke or burden. For the service of God, according to the gospel, is perfect freedom. It sets us at liberty from all slavish regards, either to the persons or the things of this world. Rightly does he say that it sets us free from all slavish regards. So that, armed with the spirit and the gifts, we can approach those people who would set us under a yoke of slavery. And, to conclude Paul's writing in Galatians, quote, To them we did not yield in submission, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. Amen. Thanks for listening, my friends. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.